Welcome to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. I'm Catherine Mora, founder and CEO of Change Empire Books. We help coaches, speakers, and entrepreneurs write and publish quality books and get them out into the world. We believe that thought leaders are made through a combination of quality of service, planning, and authenticity. Do you want to impact lives and leave a legacy? Stick around until the end of the show and we'll reveal how you could be our next guest on the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. Let's get started. Your host, Starlet Henderson, here with this episode's thought leader, Michael Huber. Michael is a mental performance coach, and his website is michaelvhuber.com. That's michaelvhuber.com. I realize I said that fast. Hi, Michael. How are you? Hi, Starlet. How are you? I'm well, and I'm really glad that you're here today. You're going to talk about uh, coaching, specifically mental performance coaching. So tell our audience what that is and how that might be different than just maybe executive coaching or career coaching. Sure. Um, Mental performance coaching is um, the foundation is in sports psychology. So that's where my training is. I have a master's degree in sports psychology. So mental performance coaching is, is, you know, traditionally been geared towards athletes, uh, high performers, who want to master the mental elements of, of their sport. Um, but that's changing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mental performance coaching and sports psychology uh, is kind of seeping into business, uh, the performing arts, and all different areas of life where performers are trying to be better on their, on their mental game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read on your website, and I thought this was an interesting um, way to go at it, you kind of started getting into this because you were wondering, what could I be doing if I was confident in what I chose to do? And I thought, oh, yeah, (laughs) like, (laughs) answer that question for me. So you went into sports psychology. Um, Have you seen some personal achievements and, um, you know, learned some new strategies to get through some of the difficulties or failures in life? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. Yes. So the, 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 the genesis of this was I started to think about, cause this is my second career. Mm-hmm. So when I started to think about, you know, what I wanted to do, you know, I sort of th- thought about my own career as an athlete many, many years ago and how I could have been so much better if I had somebody to help me through sort of the trials and tribulations that we all go through when we're young. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what sort of led me to the profession. And so, yeah, I absolutely, you know, the things I'm a big believer in, you know, as a coach, like if I can't take coaching the way I give coaching, then frankly, I'm a hypocrite, right? So I really try to live by the things that I share with my clients, you know, so I try to meditate uh, consistently. Uh, I try to take accountability for my actions. If I make a mistake, uh, whether it's, you know, you know, something I do to myself or somebody else, I try to, to own that. Right. Uh, and I'm constantly trying to get better, you know, at whatever it is that I'm doing to try to improve as opposed to uh, judging myself solely on results. Mm-hmm. So continuous improvement is important to you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What does being a thought leader mean to you in this space? I think, you know, in this space, I think being a thought leader is is somebody who's confident and willing to sort of try new things mm-hmm. uh, and take risks and put themselves out on a limb in terms of trying new things in terms of helping people that they that I work with. Right. So, you know, a lot, this is something that's actually, you know, um, hits close to home for me because, 
you know, when I went through my training, you know, everybody tries to get really great at mastering the techniques and strategies that were taught, you know, sort of the nuts and bolts. Right. Right. You know, all these, these, uh, you know, concepts and theories and all the things that we learn and we want to be, you know, tremendous technicians. Mm -hmm. But the fact of the matter is, is for me to be a great mental performance coach, I need to bring in my experiences, right? I need to put myself out of the limb, tell my story, disclose about me, uh, show my clients I'm willing to walk the walk. And that's a little bit counter to the way sports psychology, sports psychology typically works, which is more about, it's almost more of a patient, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 provider doctor patient yeah. <laughs> relationship, you know, you know, I'm sort of the, the straight man. I'm asking you questions, but I don't let you know about me. And that's just not the way I work mm-hmm. for me. It's about extending the boundaries and saying like, Hey, we're in this together. You need to see me as a person. So you're willing to trust me, you know, with these things that are really important to you. Mm-hmm. So you're leading sort of in a way that like, hey, buddy, I've got these issues too. And I'm working through them every day through the meditation and through the accountability piece. A- absolutely. You know, it's just something I believe strongly in. And I, I try to be careful about that because you don't want to, I don't want to put my issues onto my clients. It's not about me. What it's What it is, is a way for them to relate to the fact that, hey, I'm asking you to do this, but I do it myself. You know, we're peers. I'm not superior to you. Got it. Okay. And you, um, you have a particular population that you're working with, um, or, you know, have been kind of specializing in right now. So tell us about Mm -hmm. the freshman foundation. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I mean, it's, it's something that's very near and near and dear to my heart. Um, it's a program, it's, it's a philosophy about getting high school students ready to transition to college athletics. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my work is with high school athletes who are very uh, motivated and engaged about trying to get a scholarship, trying to get into college, but they don't really understand what that's going to entail when they get there, right? Most of those athletes are stars at a high school level. You know, they think they're going to walk in and everything's going to be, you know, is going to be great. Everybody's going to want to be with them, see them, all that stuff. And then you realize you get to college it's not high school part two, right? You've got coaches who are more demanding. You've got professors who are more demanding. You're making new friends. You're not the star anymore in a lot of cases. You know, you have to make your own decisions and be independent. And I think that that's a shock for a lot of a lot of young athletes. And what I've heard from athletes who have been down that road and are now in, into adulthood, they say that that first year from high school to college is that transition is the hardest transition they've ever been through mm-hmm. athletically in their life. So um, talk about it in terms of your transition. Were you a college athlete? And what were the turning points that um, you're helping people navigate now? Okay. Yeah, so that's a really, a really interesting question. I wasn't a college athlete. So I was a high school athlete. And I was a fairly successful athlete in multiple sports. And I loved sports. And I wanted to play in college. But there were a lot of reasons why that, that didn't happen. Uh, I did try to walk on in college. Um, but frankly, that was sort of a pipe dream because I hadn't, didn't really have, yeah, I didn't have the preparation. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have people backing me, right? Like I was sort of on an island. And I think that that's a big part of this is getting support from people who understand the process better than you to walk you, to walk you through that and to get you ready for that and to motivate you in some, in some respects. Mm -hmm. Do you have any favorite client stories? 
uh, some freshmen that you just, you know, are like, wow, we did that. Absolutely. So one client in particular, who is really my inspiration for this, this whole platform. Um, I started with him uh, probably two or three years ago when he was in a junior in high school, he was committed to a division one baseball program. So he was a high level player. He already had his college commitment and, you know, he was extremely gifted athletically. You know, he has a, a, a he's a very talented pitcher, yeah. but I, I think mentally and emotionally, I think there were some roadblocks there because, you know, for some of the reasons I mentioned before, you know, wasn't preparing properly, wasn't thinking ahead. Uh, but as it got closer and closer to college, you could see like some of the stress kind of building and building because, you know, he wanted to be at his best. Interestingly, when COVID hit, um, his baseball season senior year was canceled. And so we really spent that time preparing for the transition. And I could see his his confidence, his mindset changing over the course of three, four, five months where he went from like, oh, I just want to show up and like be there to mm-hmm. I'm going to show up and I'm really going to compete. And it was these tangible things that we were doing. We were working on these strategies for him to really put himself in that mindset of like, I belong and that Mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. And that I'm doing all the work. And some of that was about planning and execution around, you know, training. Um, And it was just, I could see the transformation. So I said like, well, if this is, if this is working for him in this way, why wouldn't it work for, you know, any other high school kid who's going to go on to, to play in college. So when I'm hearing you tell that story, I mean, um, you know, I kind of, there's an off field mindset. It sounds like obviously he wasn't playing sports, you know, his team in season was canceled. And so it sounds like there's a lot of off field work and I can see where this would transition to um, musical performances or even business performances. So what, what are some of the, you talked about confidence, but you know, maybe a deeper level, like what are some of the things that you're really working on accountability? That's another big piece, right? Some exercises or something that, that you're working with your students on. Absolutely. Right. So, you know, with respect to accountability, a lot of that comes down to at times goal setting, right? And and I think most people are familiar with goal setting, right? Mm-hmm. At, in a global way, in a, in a big picture sense. Sure. But, you know, the way we're trained to help athletes with goal setting is not just setting those goals and sort of that big vision, but really getting nitty gritty about what's the execution plan, right? What are my long-term goals? What are my short-term goals? What am I doing every single day? And that, like, if you put it into perspective with the COVID situation, right? Like we're all sitting home, we're not playing. You know, if you're a 16 or 17 year old kid, what are you doing? You're probably playing video games, you know, you know, you're sleeping, you're not doing the things that you need to do to get better. And so what, what I'm trying to impress upon them is like, that's fine. Like, it's okay if you do that you're human, but understand there's a consequence to that. The consequence is if you're not working, you're probably not getting better. And don't be surprised when you show up next year at college that you're going to be behind the curve. And I think that resonates. And then when you have a plan and help them kind of lay it out and then hold them to account, you know, they start to see the the growth and development. The way I try to balance that is, is to be compassionate and understand that there are other things going on in their lives and that it's not always that easy to always press, press, press. So I have to kind of be, hold them accountable, but I also have to be understanding and compassionate to say, it's okay. If you kind of took a day off, don't overdo it. Right. So it's a very fine balance as a mental performance coach. Mm -hmm. 
but operating in COVID has got to be a whole different ballgame, right? And <laughs> I mean, not to understate it, um, I kind of think of it, you know, it's it's basically have these kids, they've been given a moving target now, right? They don't know if they're going back this season, next mm-hmm. season, in a different season, right? We've got football in the springtime in some high schools now. Sure. So how are you helping them deal with that? Yeah, it's really difficult. It's really difficult because so much, so much is out of their control. Um, and, you know, a concept that is so omnipresent in sports psychology is control the controllables, right? Which is, that's hard for me, right? Like I'm in the same boat in a lot of ways, but it, as it's my job to impress upon them to focus on, here's what you can control. You can't control, you know, the schedule, you can't control what the school does, you can't control what the weather is, you can't control all these other things that are going on around there. You've got to really focus on what you can get better at, what you can work on. Um, and a lot of times that's just kind of helping them maintain their focus uh, and understanding the consequences of their actions and just, you know, being that second set of eyes for them so that they can kind of put things in perspective because it's just, I mean, it's no secret, right? People who've been stuck at home, they're not going to work, they're not going to school. Depression is a real thing. Anxiety is a real thing. And to have somebody to talk to through that, you know, take out, take the performance out of it, to have somebody just to confide in who's not, you know, who's objective and is not a parent or not a teacher or a coach, uh, I think, you know, goes a long way. Right. Yeah. And talking to you where you can say, okay, yes, this is not a unique experience. My other athletes are experiencing it. Exactly. Too. So precisely. Um, Yeah. And controlling what they can control. I mean, they can control the fact that they are either ready or not ready when the whistle finally blows. Um, Right. But yeah, that it would be so important to have somebody kind of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say holding their hand, right. I'm thinking all these athletes aren't wanting a handhold, but you know, kicking the pants maybe. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good point because one of the things that's really um, important to me and interesting to me from a, from a academic standpoint or work, a research standpoint is motivation. And I think that's really misunderstood, right? It's not my objective to hold somebody's hand. My objective is to make them aware of what it is that they're choosing to do. What's their decision-making process. And that, you know, if they want to achieve a certain level of performance, they need to do what I'm asking them to do. If they choose not to, I'm not going to hold your hand and nor am I, and nor am I going to scold you for it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to, politely bring it up the next time. Like, Hey, the last time we met, we said you were going to do this. You didn't do that. You know, how come, and what do you think that means for you? And the light bulb goes off and that element of control, I think really helps in a long-term sense to motivate young people because they feel like they're making the decisions rather than some adult who's telling them what it is they should be doing. Yeah. There's something about those natural consequences that, that are, Mm -hmm. are holding our, our young people's hands in a different way. So absolutely. let me ask you, what book has changed your life, Michael? We love to ask all of our guests for a book recommendation. Um, there are actually a number of them, but if I had to pick one, which it's kind of interesting because it has nothing to do with sports psychology in general, it's it's The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz, mm-hmm. which is basically a book about four principles for living your life. Um, and the one that always was the most important to me and has really helped me in my, my professional life and my personal life is don't take anything personally. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really hard. It was hard for me for a very long time. I think it's hard for athletes not to take things personally. And I try to, you know, impress that upon people. And I always try to remind myself, like, 
people aren't doing things to me. They're just going through something on their own that just happens to be taken out on me. And I need to remind, remind myself that, hey, you know what? I just have to keep focusing on my effort and, and not re- react to the way people think about me. Because if I do, I'm just going to get caught in something that doesn't really doesn't really matter to me or affect me. And it's just going to sap my energy. And that's I'm not going to get to where I want to go if, I, if I'm listening to those people. Right. Yeah. It's irrelevant information for sure. When you're trying to make uh, life choices. Um, I have to say that books probably got about a dozen recommendations. So people listening, you know, put that at the top of your shelf, the four agreements and uh, great recommendation. Tell us what's next for you, Michael, and how um, people can reach to you if they've got a freshman or they've just got some other performance coaching um, issues that they'd love to discuss. And I know you have a podcast, so don't, you know, don't be shy. Yeah. So my, my website is michaelvhuber.com, as you said, Starlet. That's pretty much where you could find everything, links to my social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, Twitter, et cetera. Um, I, I have st- uh, just published my podcast. Uh, it's going to be uh, 12 episodes, uh, interview format with uh, coaches, athletes, uh, mental performance experts talking about the transition from high school to college athletics. Um it's, it's definitely a, my baby. I am putting a lot of time and energy into producing it and marketing it. And I would love if you listened. Uh, you can also find that uh, podcast on my website as well in the blog section. And that is the Freshman Foundation podcast. Yep. yep. Freshman Foundation. And you can also find it on Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you know wherever you, you get your podcasts. Wherever y'all found this, people, you'll find the Freshman Foundation podcast. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for your time today. And thanks for your thoughts. Thank you so much, Dolan. I appreciate it. Catherine Mora here. Thank you so much for listening to the Thought Leaders to Watch podcast. If you are a successful coach, speaker, or entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit changeempire.com slash podcast slash apply. If you got something out of this interview, Please share this episode on social media. Just do a screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag Thought Leaders to Watch. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and they mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, changeempire.com or follow me on LinkedIn as Catherine Moore. We're on Facebook and Instagram as Change Empire Book Coaching. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.